0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There are historic wrongs to right. There is a relationship to be renewed and new relationships to be built, but hurting Canadian families from coast to coast to coast does nothing to advance the cause of reconciliation. All right, Justin Trudeau earlier this afternoon, and uh, while he said very little of consequence, uh, it was all kind of, you know, just uh, the same platitudes and bromides, not really suggesting any effective uh, forward movement on these blockades being lifted and train traffic going and businesses again uh, meeting their time of delivery uh, schedules and so on. It's a real mess uh, and something that perhaps well, you know, it's almost like uh, Laurel and Hardy. It's a fine mess you've gotten us into this time, Ollie. Let's find out how Conrad Black uh, assesses the situation, noted author, commentator, and historian and friend of The Oakley Show. Good afternoon, Conrad.
1: Good afternoon, John. I, I don't think our Prime Minister is remotely as entertaining as Laurel and Hardy.
0: <laughs> but you agree it's another fine mess he's gotten it, us into, it, Conrad. It,
1: it's a corker. It, it's, uh, it's a terrible mess. I wrote... I uh, it's, I think it's uh, up now on the National Post site, but for the print edition tomorrow, it's the worst shambles since Mr. Diebenbaker unilaterally determined that he wouldn't honor the NATO agreements, and then, then he lost a vote of confidence in the government change. But, uh, I, 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 you know, for better or worse, I don't think that sequel is imminent, but it is as bad a shambles as that, and that was 60 years ago.
0: Well, all right, but so do you think maybe the rail blockade issue has turned into a referendum on Justin Trudeau's leadership?
1: I I think I I don't think it has yet, but I I think it could be the referendum issue in a way. I mean, this is absolutely the wrong way to deal with this. I mean, I think he's making two basic points. I don't want to sound quite so condescending to the head of the government of our country, but uh, in the first place, uh, we're dealing with a minority of uh, and an unelected minority of one native group. Uh, And the majority of that group, as well as all the adjoining groups along the route of the proposed pipeline, are in favor of it. And what is happening is sympathy action all around the country on behalf of this minority of a minority uh, in in a process that has been handled meticulously, fairly, and, and with great consideration for environmental factors as well, and is absolutely approved. And supported even by the NDP and Green government of British Columbia. There is no daylight here for any legitimate opposition. It's a small number of unelected native hereditary leaders. Uh, acting in spite of the majority of, of the people in their group and is, so you know it isn't a legitimate objection at all and it's not the sort of thing you negotiate about and because se- we've done the negotiating and secondly uh, it is completely illegal and and has been determined to be so by courts from coast to coast without a single exception it is completely illegal, and it is dangerous to the country and, and is an affront to the national interest in every respect. It makes the entire government, the judiciary, the legislature, and the executive completely ridiculous in the eyes of everyone in Canada and everyone who watches Canada from outside. And finally, he's talking about reconciliation with people who don't want reconciliation. You can't reach agreement with people who don't want an agreement. And what we're dealing with here are the hard- hardliners who bitten down on what They've been given in good faith, but mistakenly, uh, to to accommodate the notion that there was ever an attempt at cultural genocide and to accommodate the notion that the European uh, contingent, French and English originally, but, but all, you know, thereafter, the, all, all of all of the people who came subsequent to the native people of this country are not legitimate and have no right to be here. That's what they're working up to, and unfortunately, this government, the, the, the Supreme Court, and to some extent, some previous governments, though not the Harper government, in my opinion, and that's not because I have any problem criticizing Harper for other things, uh, are, are absolutely all of them complicit in inciting the The belief and the tactical um, uh, decision of the militants, the most extreme of the native agitators to to work toward the idea that we are all of us here who aren't natives ourselves, we are all of us interlopers, invaders, the descendants of invaders, and there is something illegitimate about our presence here, and therefore what our courts say doesn't mean anything and 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 what the Parliament or the Provincial Parliament say doesn't mean anything. They don't recognize any of it. And that is effectively what some of these people have said. And and he can't just sit there and say it's time for reconciliation. It wouldn't take 100 uh, serious looking people acting with official authority to stop this nonsense. And, and this is just a disgrace what's going on yeah
0: and just to back up you know when you cited the supreme court being complicit as well i full well remember as you do i'm sure beverly mclaughlin who was you know the uh supreme court chief uh pretty much couched it in the same terms she,
1: she, she, she was our answer to pocahontas
0: <laughs> i'll get around to that in a moment just uh, just you wait i know or pocahontas as uh, our friend mark stein would call it yeah. you know it's it leads to a question uh that we were talking about at lunch how would the transcontinental railway have been built today it, johnny mcdonald couldn't have gotten this thing outside of ontario
1: no or even through ontario not, for that not, not only that i mean you 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 raise an interesting point one of the uh, one of the agitators takes upon himself the name pound maker was a famous chief of course who was an ally of sir johnny uh, and 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 he helped him he helped him suppress the metis rebellion and 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 he, he he helped them in the construction of the railway as well and uh, and uh, since macdonald gave the native people the right to vote he helped him electorally and uh, you know we're we're having historical facts completely distorted and and refed to us as malignant and malignant, and to use a a, a, a very strong term, blood libelous, meaning libeling a whole race. What's going on is a blood libel on on English Canadians, meaning from the British Isles, and French Canadians. Uh, Those settlers of both those nations in the the, uh, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries are, are being libeled in, in a way that is absolutely scandalous, and 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 the libel is continuing with their descendants, including us. You know, and uh, I could play. And, and, but look, I, I want to be clear that the native people have legitimate grievances, and some things were done shouldn't have been done. Some bad things were done. I, I don't want to whitewash it. Some. Very bad things were done, but they weren't blameless themselves and and we, we can make a we can make an abstraction of all that We owe them something we want to help them. everybody wants to help them not in a condescending way, but out of a sense of justice and and Fraternity. I mean, we're sharing the same country, and we want we want to uh, live in it happily with them. And and uh, to the extent they wish to be integrated, we want to facilitate that. And to the extent they want to maintain traditions, we respect that. All of that is true. But with the absolutely wrong way to do it is to appease the extremists who don't want reconciliation and are representing that all of us here who aren't natives are, are essentially trespassers and squatters.
0: Again, with Conrad Black, uh, you know, I could play you the clips from the presser that the Prime Minister held earlier, but it seems like it was a litany of apologizing for the sins of colonialism in perpetuity. Uh, Although you were a witness to history, tell us how you think his father would have handled this situation.
1: Uh, Pretty much the way he handled the FLQ in Quebec, except it wouldn't have required martial law. He he, he, he He would have deployed... Uh, he, he 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 would have made arrangements with the provinces to either use provincial forces, or if they were reluctant to do it, he would have deployed military forces, but not with military rules of engagement, and uh, and had a court ratification in advance of the steps necessary with the minimum of force necessary to ensure that these blockades ended and to have the ringleaders prosecuted. Uh, according uh, according to the normal penalties for, for civil disobedience on a scale as destructive as this. They, they have severely inconvenienced millions of people, totally innocent people against whom they have no possible grievance other than this spurious racist nonsense that none of us have any right to be here.
0: Again, uh, yeah. Versus, of course, the son, who is uh, the great national vacillator. Finally, I got to ask because I mean, you sort of waded into it with the uh, Focahontas line. Uh, She was on fire the other night. (laughs) We're talking about she she was pretty good, Elizabeth Warren. But uh, and so she went for the jugular right off the hop in that Democrat debate in Nevada. Michael Bloomberg is he toast, or is his money going to buy him redemption here?
1: I don't. I don't. I don't. I think money will keep him afloat, but I don't think he's toast. But he's got to raise his game. I mean, he is a smart man, and he wasn't properly prepared. He must have known that the questions would be coming about the stop and frisk and and, and about the payoffs and and, and non disclosure agreements he made with female employees. And but he fumbled that that second point. He just bombed it. He looked terrible. Uh, I mean, he did try and say they just didn't like a joke, I said, rather than meaning, you know, I didn't grope anybody, but but <laughs> he looked ludicrous. I mean, he was the least impressive of all of them. I think they were all really fired up because they resent this guy coming in, uh, not having, you know, gone around with the punishing schedule these people have in these primaries and Caucus campaigns in different states and northern states first. So you're in the midst of winter in Iowa and New Hampshire, trudging around. And, and uh, you know, it's rough stuff. And people in their 70s, which except for Buttigieg, the rest of them are, or Klobuchar, are, are not quite, I guess. But, uh, and, and, and they, they you know, if they they were really aiming for him. I don't know why he got into that debate. And, uh, and he I,
0: needed I, I a cut, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, but why wasn't he ready for it? Well, I don't
0: know, but he should have had a I guy he with
1: him. A... was good on the financial side. When he said their comments on taxes, and the economy were ridiculous, and I'm the only person here who started a business. So I thought he was strong there. That was late on, and, and he just seemed like a kind of... Uh... I mean, I know him a bit, you know, and he—he he likes Trump in person. He's a much more affable uh, individual than they appear as public personalities. But, but he, he's—you um, know—he's normally, you know, quite a nice guy. But <laughs> he, he appeared to be kind of just a, a belligerent New York taxi driver. <laughs> Don't tell me it's Thirty Fourth Street. I tell you, it's Thirty Sixth.
0: That's right. I'm going to tell you where you're going. Uh, Fair enough, Conrad. That's good stuff. I mean, Mike Bloomberg, he needed a cut, man, a guy with a sponge and a pail in the corner. Uh, We'll let it go at that. Talk again soon. Hopefully by next week, this time, uh, everything is resolved. Otherwise, we'll really have some talking points.
1: (laughs) Uh, Let me make one hypothetical comment on the U.S. election. Mm. If Sanders is the nominee, Trump will take fifty states. He'll be the first president since James Monroe to take every single state. Uh, he won't take the District of Columbia. We win the Electoral College five three five to three. Mm. That's why the Democratic party elders are so desperate to find somebody else, but they've left it awfully late, and uh, you know, Minnie Mike is not looking like the messiah. <laughs> oh,
0: so the over-under is 50, and I guess, uh, you know, if Puerto Rico should go rogue, you'll lose the bet. Uh, all right, we'll see what happens. I think they're going to hold their nose and just rally around whomever, but uh, that's just me, because they'll see uh, Trump, hating Trump is, uh, I guess, something so substantial that uh, Bloomberg or Bernie are the lesser of the evils. Conrad, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, and we shall do... It again next Friday.
1: Right, right sure. Thanks, Jen.
0: Conrad Black, author, commentator, historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on demand audio.